Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ilm Feed podcast. I'm your host, Shabir Hassan. Uh, and uh, once again, we've got another uh, amazing episode coming up for you all. Um, and uh, today, it's, uh, it's it's another international guest. Of course, we are making uh, we are taking advantage of this lockdown um, and with with uh, this this isolation for everybody. You know, a lot of us are spending time at home. Um, and since we're not in our usual setting, which is the the Ilmfeed studio in the UK in London, uh, this is a perfect opportunity to connect with some international guests. And uh, I think what's interesting is actually. Um, perhaps the guest that we have with us today is uh, the first from Zimbabwe, uh, which is which is quite exciting for us, mashallah. We've had guests from the US and from Canada and from, from everywhere else, but Zimbabwe is definitely the first on the list, mashallah. So uh, uh, he needs no introduction. We have with us today Sheikh Ibrahim Menk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Sheikh. It's lovely to be on the show with you, Sheikh uh, Shabir. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much for, for joining us all the way from Zimbabwe. How are you doing? How's family? How's everyone? Alhamdulillah, everybody's well and uh, Zimbabwe is doing well uh, yeah. in terms of COVID, the spread, etc. Alhamdulillah, things are, are doing pretty well. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. It's very good to hear. Um, I, I take it just like a lot of us, you've and because you've come to the UK a few times right now, Sheikh. Um, so you are you are also used to traveling as well. Um, but obviously, recently you haven't been able to come to the UK and uh, for events and programming and so on. Um, how's it been? Just like you know, being at home, I guess, and not traveling, especially when you're used to perhaps traveling to different countries and meeting new people and, and these events. Like, how's that just been? Alhamdulillah, it's not been bad, to be honest with you. Uh, in a certain way, it's allowed me to focus on tasks at home. Yeah. So I really like that in uh, in certain ways. But then I also miss the escape of having a change of atmosphere where you're traveling and you meet different people. It's completely uh, different to what is happening at home. So it's a nice escape as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I know what you yeah. mean. It's, uh, I think for a lot of us, it's been a bit... It's been difficult in that sense, but like you said, there's actually, there's a lot of positives, I think, as well. Um, and hopefully what we're going to be speaking about today will be more positive than anything. Uh, and what we've decided to focus on is since we're now coming towards the end of, uh, you know, 2020, um, which for a lot of people, when they hear 2020 now, that's probably going to go down in the history books as, oh, it was a, it's just a nightmare year. You know, I don't even want to talk about 2020 in, in 10 years time when you mention it people will probably be like, you know what, just let's just let's just not discuss that year. It was a crazy, turbulent year, uh, which, you know, in in definitely many regards, it's true. It has been a challenging year for a lot of people in more ways than one, in more ways than just COVID, because COVID hasn't just impacted people in terms of their health, but even financially because of lockdowns and in, in many other ways, and just in terms of mentally as well. You know, for some people, it's actually very difficult to stay away from families, to stay away from uh, the company of their friends and relatives. So it's been mentally uh, very difficult for them as well, just being at home in isolation. So I think it has been difficult in that in that regard. Um, so I guess since we're now Sheikh, coming to the end of 2020, you know, what uh, we discussed beforehand is it will be good to speak about some some positives and how we can pick things back up again, going into, you know, we say the new year, of course, very loosely, because, you know, firstly, as Muslims, we have our own, mashallah, we have our own calendar, uh, our own Islamic calendar that we follow and you know it's not the case that a new year means that as soon as it's January the 1st 2021 that's it everything comes to an end and life is back to normal of course not you know time is in the hands of Allah and you know everything is up to Allah but just let's start with that you know uh, just in terms of the challenges this year and um, you know what what should we as Muslims uh, start thinking about and what can we as Muslims do now that uh, uh, now that we've we've you know now that we've come off the back of this this very difficult period in 2020? So I think it's interesting because for different people you have different experiences, and uh, I find that in Zimbabwe when we had our first lockdown, which was in April, uh, it was one of the most peaceful times in my life where I, I literally was at home 
most of the time, you know, yeah. in fact, all of the time, there was nowhere to go. There was nobody to see. Nobody came to see me. Uh, I, I had absolutely no tasks uh, besides, obviously, you know, uh, going grocery shopping, etc. Besides that, I had nothing to do. And it was just so peaceful and calm. And I, I, I thought that would only be me. But when I got, got back to work and started meeting people, etc., a lot of people were telling me that, you know, we've never had that much peace in our lives. So, yeah. subhanAllah, in some ways, you know, uh, alhamdulillah, we, we're privileged enough to be able not to worry of, you know, uh, your daily bread, etc. Mm -hmm. So it's different experiences for different people. Now, majority of the people are living from pay paycheck to paycheck, or a lot of people are living from paycheck to yeah. paycheck, especially here in Zimbabwe. Uh, those people really suffered. They went through anxiety. They were worried about paying rent. They were worried about, uh, you know, their businesses, etc. Absolutely, you know, income, how they were going to pay school fees. Some of them, unfortunately, I even heard to the extent where they didn't have enough money to pay electricity. Uh, so it's quite severe here in Zimbabwe. Now, having said all of that, I'm just relating my experiences here in Zimbabwe. I think globally as well, people have been through quite a uh, tumultuous time altogether. It's been quite difficult. Hmm. And having said that, I think that every single person can take some positives out of any situation that they go through, uh, regardless of how difficult and hard that situation is. So just focusing on the future and the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can and will provide for us we should really just focus on that. You know, he promises, And the scholars mentioned that the, the usr, the hardship and difficulty that is mentioned, even though it's mentioned twice, what is meant in the Arabic language is once. And the ease is actually twice. So there's a lot more ease that comes with the hardship. And what we need to focus on is that now that we're coming towards a... Uh, hopefully a close of this hardship, then inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up the doors in an amazing way, absolutely amazing way. Yeah, inshallah. Now that's, that. Uh, you know, that that is, uh, I think, especially that verse, uh, when we're going through these times, I think that is one verse that stands out for a lot of us, the fact that, you know, with with that difficulty, with that hardship, there will be, there will inshallah be ease and that is a that is a promise from Allah. Um, what does that, I know some people they ask this question like what does that really mean though you know the fact that Allah is saying with difficulty there is some sort of ease um, and I guess because as human beings naturally when we think about uh, when we're in that moment of difficulty we tend to naturally block out even if there's something positive in our lives we tend we just straight away forget about it right you know we just think oh nothing good is happening in my life even though at the same time of that difficulty you're still eating you're still you know working and you still have a few things but there's one thing that's just completely blocked all uh, positivity from your life so i think in in one in one sense um it's it's very easy to forget about all the positives but how can we explain that to someone who perhaps has you know just come across the translation of this verse they don't really know what it means but how can there be ease while i'm also going through a hardship. So what are your thoughts on that, Chef? You know, the easiest way to explain this to someone would be to draw on previous experiences that they've had. Because if you try to tell a person that's in difficulty, mm -hmm. look, focus on the positives, there's goodness, there's a lot of uh, bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you. You know, he might even retort with a statement that is uh, kufr or disbelief and say that what has Allah done for me or what are you talking about? Look at the hardship yeah. that I'm going through and you're actually talking about ease. I'm, I'm going through the worst time in my life. So mm. I think the way to do it would be to uh, draw on past experiences of theirs that they have uh, had and explain to them that, look, if you look at it uh, backwards, you'll begin to realize that there's a lot more goodness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed you through that difficulty and through that problem. Didn't you come out stronger out of that problem? Didn't you find that there were certain benefits that you derived from that difficult situation that you went through, you know, perhaps six months ago, a year ago, three months, uh, three years ago, five years ago? Uh, 
this is what you went through and this is how you came out. So yeah. people actually, especially when you're dealing with a person on a one-to-one -one basis, you've got to draw on past experiences and then that way they'll be able to actually connect the dots because mm -hmm. you can't connect the dots going forward. Forward Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what wisdom there is in a particular situation. Of course, we know the, the wisdom is there, but only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. So what's past, we know about. The future, we've got to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based on uh, obviously our belief in the Quran and the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the belief in the sunnah, as well as your own experience that you've had in your life. You know, uh, subhanAllah, recently I had uh, someone at work and I had employed him for some time. He was working with me and we went through some difficulties with him. We had to let him go. But in the meantime, uh, there was a brother that was, uh, was working for me as well. And he wanted to move to another job. And I really needed this guy. I really needed him to come and you know work with us, stay with us. He was trustworthy. I really liked him. And unfortunately, he wanted to move. So I told him, look, I trust you. Look for somebody else for me that I can trust now. Hmm. So he brought somebody on. And this brother came on. He started working. He was uh, learning the game, etc. And in the meantime, the guy who was supposed to leave actually stayed on. And this really? man also stayed on. So subhanAllah, I ended up with two people who I can now trust and two people whom I can actually leave things to. So subhanAllah, it really helped me a lot. And at the same time, the person that I had employed who was referred to me was skilled in a certain part of, of life that I needed at that time in my life, subhanAllah. Mm. So uh, it worked out perfectly. And I was pointing this out to the employee that was about to leave. I told him, I said, you know, look at how uh, God Almighty works because he's not, He's not a Muslim, yeah. but I was telling him, look at how God Almighty works. He, he plans for you in amazing ways. So Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yes. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, it reminds me as well. Uh, when I I went on um, a holiday uh, to, we went to Malaysia. I went with my wife um, and it was, mashallah, it was a lovely holiday. Loved loved uh, the experience in Malaysia. Now, on the way back, so you imagine like we had like a full, almost two weeks of just relaxing and just, you know, away from everything. On the way, and, and there was no there was no problems throughout. On the way back, um, when we got to the airport, got a flight back to the UK, we were told that our connecting flight, uh, which is in Dubai, um, basically all flights are cancelled, every single flight. Mm -hmm. And then when we asked the reason, it was ajib that they said in all places Dubai, which mm -hmm. you think of sun and everything, right? They said there's floods in Dubai. Like, and we were like, floods in Dubai? This is unheard of, right? Out of all places, come on. Uh, and, and they said, yeah, it's, it's raining so much in Dubai right now. For the next few days, nothing, right? We have to cancel. It's very dangerous. So at that point, uh, for me, it was almost like I forgot about the holiday. I forgot about those two weeks that Allah blessed me with. I forgot about everything. And I was just like, ah, oh, this is, it's messed everything up. And, you know, uh, we've got work and, and all of these things going through my mind, right? And then we were told basically, like, you've got to wait, like, 20, you've got to stay in the airport for 24 hours, you know, sleep overnight and all of that. And I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't imagine that experience. It would have been a really bad experience. And then uh, after, after some time, anyway, we, you know, me and my wife spoke and we said, look, inshallah, khair, you know, let's, let's see how things go. Let's just be patient. And hopefully we, you know, we will find something. And then, yeah, literally within, within a few hours, um, there was, there was one direct flight from Malaysia to the UK that was fully booked, but somehow at the end there were two people that cancelled their tickets. And the guy came up to me and he said, uh, uh, "You know, uh, we'll, we'll put you on that flight and you can go there." And in fact, that was a better flight than the original one we were supposed to go on, which was connecting at Dubai, etc. And because we were newly married then, Subhanallah, we said to ourselves, "You know what? We feel like it's as if Allah was just testing our patience at that point." Like he wanted to see we're newly married and this is your first like you know first kind of challenge almost how are you going to respond in that situation because that's when you know i'm sure you would agree sheikh right that that's it's in a it's in a difficult it's a moment of difficulty that almost exposes your true colors right so if you're nice all the time when things are going well but the moment something difficult happens that's when your temper would show that's when your 
your true side would show. So, 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 what do you think? Do you think that's a do you think that's a fair statement that almost your true character is exposed in those moments of difficulty? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I I feel that when you're emotional, and that's why people say that if you want to know a person, watch what he says when he's angry because he'll let out everything. Uh, you see, the human being is is composed, and we all know this: the physical body and the mental capacity, the capacity to think, and the emotions, which has to do with the heart. So generally, your intellect rules over the emotion, and you're able to control your emotion because of your intellect. You, you know that you're not supposed to behave in certain ways, etc. But what happens is that when you're angry, your, your emotions overtake. So your emotions are now ruling over your intellect, and they will actually tell you exactly what they feel about you in that moment because mm. they don't care at that moment they're just angry they're mad so they'll say anything uh and they'll actually at times you know it's they'll say stuff that's not true as well because they all they want at that moment is to just get one over you but a lot of times you'll find that people will actually their true colors will show in moments of anger in moments of extreme distress uh, difficulty you learn a person's uh, true nature nature yeah it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's 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 it is it is it is a difficult one i guess it's a difficult one um because of course as naturally as human beings we will want to react right um and as human beings you know we we all react in in different ways isn't it um so it is a difficult one to try you know keep yourself composed uh in that moment yeah, you know are there are there any ways perhaps that because of course in that moment like you said uh, in that moment it's very difficult right you know you have to draw on past experiences etc but is there any way i don't know that we can perhaps train ourselves to be a bit more patient or composed in the moment of difficulty instead of waiting for it to come and then you know not knowing what to do um is there is there any way for us to train ourselves to to uh, to to be you know uh, the consistent in our character i guess throughout whether it's a, a time of goodness or a time of uh, difficulty do you have any you know thoughts on that or any tips on that how we can keep ourselves consistent i think uh, when it comes to anger we all know very well how to control ourselves you know in terms of uh, you you're at a point where you can return and go back to normalcy and you've got control over that anger. You've got to make sure it reaches a point where it doesn't control you. And, uh, you know, you don't let it become the animal that it can actually be. Uh, because we know that Rasulullah tells us that the one who uh, controls his anger and he is able to, you know, let go of it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call him in front of all of, uh, of the people on the day of Qiyamah and let him choose from the hope. Uh, whomsoever he wishes. So we know that these rewards are there for the person mm. that controlled his anger. When it comes to difficulty, I think knowing that you're being rewarded for the difficulty that you're going through will give you the ability to bear patience and focus on the goodness that is to come. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and give glad tidings to those who have patience. Why? Because those who have that patience, understand that this is a, a situation that won't last forever. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rewarding me throughout the situation. So I will bear patience. So I think focusing on the reward that you will uh, retain in order, you know, uh, in return for, for bearing patience or for controlling your anger, etc., would actually be something uh, that would help you bear that calamity or go through that calamity. Uh, in a much easier manner. Mm. You know, with because um, you mentioned anger, um, and you know, anger is a, it's a natural uh, human emotion, right? And we all get angry over different things. Um, for some people, it may be something very small that triggers that, uh, and they lose their temper. You know, um, they can't find their keys in the morning, and that's it. You know, that that's what triggers them. And for others, it might be something a bit more, a bit more serious. So, uh, you know, anger is is natural. Um, how do we understand, for example, where, you know, the when when that companion came to the Prophet and asked for advice and he said to him, La taghdab, you know, don't don't become angry. Is that is that the Prophet telling us not to 
not to feel it at all and get completely get rid of it or is it the fact that is he, is he telling us like control it and if he's telling us to control it then are there any tips um because i think this is something that many of us we we struggle with right is in that moment what tips are there to what what kind of things should we bear in mind if we do become angry what can we do to suppress and um, that anger so what are your thoughts on 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 this as well i i personally think that the hadith of the prophet sallallahu is telling us to uh, control that anger, anger and suppress it, not mm. allow it to overtake. A lot of people actually say that you can uh, go and take it out on a pillow, pillow, go and <laughs> scream into the pillow and just let it yeah. out. This is this in and of itself is not good because the hadith says man which means mm. the one who suppresses his anger. It doesn't uh, talk about allowing it or venting it in a in another manner. Of course, worst case scenario where you're going to uh, do something really bad to somebody or hurt someone physically, you can actually go and you know take it out on something else because it's the lesser of the two evils. You don't want to harm somebody else. You might punch a wall or you know I don't know why yeah. people do that. Because you're hurting yourself, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, you, you could scream into a pillow, punch up a pillow, do whatever you've got to do in order to release it in that uh, channel rather than channeling it, channeling it into somebody else. Mm. But before that. There's a point at which you know you can control that anger or you can allow yourself to uh, let it gain control. That's when you've got to get hold of it and suppress it. And I, I genuinely feel that this is the meaning of the hadith of the Prophet where he says, don't become angry. Uh, I know there are different opinions out there, but uh, if you look generally at the hadith, uh, the, the scholars speak about suppressing the anger, the, yeah. the wording has to do with suppressing the anger, controlling that anger. And Rasulullah also tells us when a person is angry and, you know, he saw two companions, they were they were shouting at each other in the marketplace. And he says, had they only said, A'udhu billahi min rajim then the anger would have completely fizzled out. Mm -hmm. So there, there is that as well. And we know the, the steps that you've got to take in terms of drinking water, sitting down if you're standing, uh, lying down if you're sitting, etc. These are all ways in order to control your anger. Are we saying then that uh, uh, if, if, we're, if we're taught to say, for example, rajim, does this mean that this kind of anger is actually coming from shaitan? Like shaitan wants us to 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 get angry and, and not just get angry, but to take it out on others. Is that basically what we're, what we're being taught here? That is from shaitan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, shaitan will come and rile you up. He'll... <laughs> poke you, he'll nudge you, he'll make you misunderstand other people's words, he'll make you think the worst of what they're saying. And uh, subhanAllah, you know, it's happened to all of us where you're sitting with a brother, you're talking to them, emotions run high, and he says something and you misinterpret it solely because, you know, shaitan wants you to think of it in that manner. Because mm. if we look at his, his main focus and goal is to split people apart and make sure that they, they're not united. So... Uh, I think it definitely is from Shaitan. Yeah, let's, uh, Sheikh, let's apply this. Uh, I think it's interesting. Of course, we're talking about face-to-face -face, uh, confrontations, right? Um, but if we were to apply this today in the digital age on social media, where we can get angry with each other, even if, you know, I have never seen you. I don't know who you are. You're just a username on my on my phone, on, on this app. But you you've said something, you've commented something, uh, which has really riled me up, and it's like you know what I need to I need to get back at them now. It might be a personal insult, it might just be a disagreement over something. Uh, and I think really this is an important. I know it's kind of moving away from what our original discussion was. I think it's really important what the other and the etiquettes are just on social media and how you control your anger there, because this is a, now it's we're talking a very different situation now. Uh, where it's not as easy as walking out of the room or, you know, uh, sitting down because you're probably sitting down and away from that person, but you've got a device in your hand. So uh, any tips there? Because it's a very unique, I would say, uh, scenario now that we find ourselves in with getting angry on social media and just wanting to vent or rant or, and hit back at someone. I think when it comes to uh, social media and responding to people, you've got to filter it out. So you should know that there's certain uh, people that say certain things that will just be personal attacks against mm. you. And 
they're, they're just insulting you in order to anger you and get a response from you. A lot of times this happens with people that are well-known in society or mm. across the globe, you know, they're well-known figures, etc. Uh, someone will say something in order to rile them up so they'll respond. And this person's sole reason is that he comes into the limelight. So he's mm. now famous for having spoken to a certain sheikh who said something back to him and now people know about him yet Previously, they didn't know about him. Mm. Such people should be completely ignored. And they, they are very good at what they do. So they choose particular topics that they know, you, they know you're sensitive about. You've mm. got to read through those comments and make sure that you don't respond to these. Okay. Uh, when it comes to people who've got intellectual uh, responses that anger you or something, perhaps you've got to look at your own nafs and ask yourself that, you know, this person has genuinely... Uh, rebutted what I've said or responded to what I've said, I can respond in a uh, good manner. Now, this is where uh, I think the most important thing is to wait as far as possible, as long as possible. Give it a bit of time, cool down, think about the situation and then respond. It's very easy to pick your phone up uh, and, and start typing away furiously, responding to this person who's trying to get him out of there or uh, you know, get rid of him or destroy him completely. But what's of importance at that moment is to realize that, you know, the, the truth should come out here. So if I'm wrong, alhamdulillah, I don't mind conceding to this brother or this sister, whoever it may be. Uh, so there's a two-tiered approach. Then uh, the, the, the next thing is that feeling that anger, you may be able to leave your phone on one side and walk away from it, but you shouldn't take that anger out on the people around you. Mm. It's very easy to now vent uh, onto the people around you because you have no avenue to get to this brother or you don't want to get to this uh, person at that particular moment. So yeah. there are different ways to, to, to look at different situations and scenarios. I think it's not exactly like a one flat rule for all of them. Mm. Uh, you've got to look at it and gain whether a person really is actually uh, serious. Sometimes you can actually respond to them uh, by putting a post out there which is very general. And mm. this also uh, falls in line with the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, where he would respond to certain people and stand up and say, mm. what's, what's wrong with certain people doing X, Y, and Z? Uh, so in rather than responding directly to the person, you can actually respond generally uh, out in the public uh, without taking their names, etc. So there's different responses responses for different people and uh, situations yeah no that's that's it's, it's a, like i said it's a very um yeah it's just a it's a unique uh, situation that we find ourselves in and i think um nowadays it's very easy especially for the ego um to to just want to respond to, to anyone ever. but i like what you said about just filtering it out i think you know it's not it's not worth responding to everyone especially if it's just uh, you know nowadays you have uh, many like anonymous accounts you know they're literally out there just like you said to rile things up to 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 add some spice and then and then walk away from it you know it's almost like you know it's it's it's, it's a very it's a very tricky one but it's very easy for the ego to just type something and i think also something else that a lot of people forget is if 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 i was to say something to someone in person and then maybe later realize and regret and and say sorry that's one thing but if you put something out on social media and then you were to even retract it and say sorry. To be honest, you can never retract it because someone screenshotted it, someone shared it out there. And even if you delete your comment, it's probably still recorded and someone else has access to that forever. So even if you've moved on from your life and you've said sorry, a year down the line, it could still come back to bite you. Oh, you're your person who said, you're that person that said this and this. Here's my evidence. Here, this is the, this is the tweet. And now you're like, oh, what do I do? So I think a lot of people forget that about social media. Of course, we we um, we should, of course, firstly be aware of Allah, you know, before anything else. But also being aware that uh, I think there's a lot of consequences um, on social media today, where you put it out there in the matrix, and it it, it will always remain <laughs> remain out there. So I think that's definitely another another point. Um, on the point of um, uh, so we've, we've spoken about um, anger, you know, um, when it comes to these things in in in, in moments of difficulty. Um, there was something, Jeff, you mentioned earlier on, which was when you when you're speaking to someone, 
uh, one-to-one who's going through some difficulty. So this is moving away from you yourself facing difficulty. And you're speaking to someone now and you're advising them. Um, how would one go about that? Because I know for a fact um, what some people may do is they kind of like downplay the what the other person is going through and they just say like, it's okay, uh, Achi, just have sabr, that's fine. You know, you'll get over it kind of thing. And like, like you said, for a lot of people just hearing that at that point, they're like, okay, I know I should have sabr. I know these things, but it's not as easy now. You know, I'm the one that's going through this difficulty. So do you have any kind of tips just around that? Like what should one keep in mind when you're advising someone else, especially when you can see clearly that they, they're, they're, they're going through something emotionally um, and you're just trying to throw hadith at them and think this is this is the way to just make the situation better. So any thoughts on that? that that's a very, very important uh, point at which you've got to understand how to behave. Because mm. like you said, when you're throwing hadith at this person, they might actually uh, grow a, a hatred towards that hadith or towards that ayah. So it might be counterproductive for you to remind them of the ayat and the ahadith at that time. But rather than doing that, you'd, you, you're better off actually just sitting back and being there for them in that difficult time, having, uh, giving them uh, a shoulder to, you know, to lean on and to, to cry on, basically. At that moment, you, you allow them to talk to you, to open up to you, to uh, say whatever they've got in, within them. I think it's more important for a person to sit and listen to what the brother or the sister is going through at that po- uh, at that point, rather than uh, throwing a hadith and ayat at them, because it's uh, it's something that I found irritating at times. You know, where someone tells me that, "Hey, don't you know this and don't you know that?" Yes, I do, but this is not the time to remind me in that way. Uh, you know, there, there's a better way to do it. So sometimes remaining silent and just listening to a person and what they're going through, the difficulty, the hardship, uh, it's, it's of utmost importance rather than just throwing a hadith and ayat at them, like you said. And I like the way you've put it, like throwing a hadith, because a lot of times these people come across very aggressive. You know, mm-hmm. someone might come and tell you, that, do, do you think you won't be tested? Allah's telling you. This is not the time to. The brother knows yeah. he's being tested, yeah. you know. Yeah. So oh, hold on, <laughs> calm down. You know, hold your horses. And when the person's calmed down a little bit, his demeanor is a bit more calm and stuff. At that juncture, you might want to slip in something of, you know, uh, Allah will reward you for all the difficulty that you're going through, etc. And mm. this thing of saying have sabr, have sabr. Uh, I, I think people need to revisit that. Uh, statement in and of itself because the person knows they've got to have sabr at that time. Uh, the way to remind remind them would be to uh, draw the attention onto the reward that they would gain, you know, uh, rather than keep uh, mentioning this this point of just have patience, have patience. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a way to talk to people and you should un- understand how, how to do things. Yeah, no, I like what you said about just being there. I think that is so important. Literally, I think at that point, I don't think the person wants to even hear from you much. I think they just they just want to talk and they just want to, uh, you know, as they say, just let off steam uh, and and offload what what's on their mind. So I think just sometimes listening, nodding, and just uh, having a conversation. I think that means a lot to people um, at that point. You mentioned uh, sabr as well, Sheikh, and I think again, this is something. It's, it's perhaps a concept which is. I don't know, maybe misunderstood in the sense that what, is, what does it actually mean to have sabr? Since we're talking about, again, we've all had a difficult year. What does it mean to have sabr? Uh, what does it mean to have patience? Does it mean that, uh, you know, if you're going through difficulty, I don't know, you're not allowed to feel sad. That means uh, that's negating sabr. Uh, does it mean that if I was to speak to someone about it and say, I speak, I'm speaking to my friend or my, my spouse and I say, you know what, I've, been, I've had a really bad day. Does that mean that it, I'm negating sabr now? Is it like I'm complaining? So let's, I think it's important, this is a really good point that we're on now, that what does it mean to have sabr? Uh, we know the rewards for sabr are great, but how does that actually uh, materialize in reality? As again, when we're going through a difficulty. So uh, if you can shed some light on sabr and its meaning and uh, how you know what steps we can uh, take to achieve sabr? You know, 
there's a few scenarios that I'm thinking of from the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where you have the woman standing there or she's uh, sitting there and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passes by her. She's just lost her mm. child. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tells her to have patience and she says, Ilayka anni, you know, uh, go away from me. What do you have any idea of uh, what I'm going through? So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam leaves her and then she finds out that it was the message of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and visits him and tells him, look, I'm, I'm sorry and I'll have patience now. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, that you've got to have patience at the first strike of the calamity. So for all of us, we've got to remember that when you're at that point of utmost grief, you've first heard the news, you've first experienced that calamity, you've really got to hold yourself because that's when the test really is. Mm. As time passes, it always gets easier. It always gets easier. So time slowly but surely heals you. It's, it's the worst at the beginning. And I think we can all agree on that. So person really should have patience at that first strike of calamity. Because we know that from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Now, let's move on to uh, another scenario where the Prophet ﷺ is now crying for his son, Ibrahim. He's showing emotion. And the Sahabi tells him that, didn't you stop us from crying? And the Prophet says, And he responds to the, uh, the, the hadith. He says, look, I didn't stop you from doing this. Uh, this is rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So showing that emotion to somebody close to you, crying about it, uh, talking to them and trying to deal with the pain has absolutely nothing uh, to do with being impatient. That, that is pass, part and parcel of uh, being patient. To cry is completely normal and natural. The Prophet ﷺ is telling you that, look, that's a rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who loses a son and doesn't cry? Who loses a child and just remains stone-faced? That, mm. that's not, you're not human if you do that, you know? So I think that showing that emotion to, to people close to you, dealing with it is absolutely vital uh, to having sabr because if you don't do that you you'll blow up at some point or you'll just lose your you know uh your demeanor completely and uh, go go out there and speak you know say whatever you want to say so uh, i think it's important to to realize that you know uh speaking and working through the those emotions is important but the way in which we do it is also uh just as important so someone coming out there and tearing their clothes clapping mm -hmm. their themselves you know uh, thumping themselves in the chest, shouting out and screaming against the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what we're not supposed to do. And that's what's uh, disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, so, yes, sabr has different uh, things. And then there's this point. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so there's this point where people say have sabr and they're expecting you to do nothing about the situation that you're in. Yeah. And that's terrible, especially where a person's suffering through, through abuse or they're going through a really difficult time and they're trying to find a way out of it. And you're busy telling them to keep suffering through that abuse. Mm. No, absolutely not. You should fight as hard as possible to get out of that situation and that problem, yet completely at peace with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I'm doing my best to get out of this. And whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees, whether that means I'm going to continue in this or I'm going to get out of it completely, alhamdulillah, I'm at peace with whatever he decides for me. That That, that is sabr. Thank you so much for mentioning that. For that's, that is such an important point. I think so many people miss, uh, uh, they misunderstand. Again, because of this uh, a misconstrued idea of sabr, it means, no, 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 it's, this is, if, you know, this, this is what Allah has decreed and you just got to, you got to stick with it no matter what, As, even if it's negative, subhanAllah, like in a, in a, in a toxic relationship, for example, like you said, a person may be getting abused. And unfortunately, some, some people within the community will say, no, 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 that's, 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 that's your life. You got to live with it. Or, you know, it, you're in a workplace and it's a very negative environment in the workplace. And someone says, no, have sabr, just stick to the job, you know. I'm so glad you mentioned that point, Sheikh, because um, I think this will clear up a lot of misunderstandings on sabr, where people will realize, actually, you know what? Allah has given me the the, the ability to to do something about the situation. 
um, you know, when the when the Sahaba found themselves in the difficult situations in on the battlefield, they didn't just say, you know, okay, it's fine. Let's, let's just let's just allow them to to attack, and that's why no, they had to respond uh, accordingly. So I'm so glad you mentioned that, and also the point about emotion as well. The fact that you mentioned that the Prophet himself he he cried when he uh, lost someone very close to him, his own son. Again, I think when people start crying, um, in particular men, actually, I'll say this, uh, with men, uh, we're told, oh, you know, why are you crying for? You know, it's almost like, why, why, you know, it's, this is what people say, why are you being like, a, why are you being a woman for? And it's like, what? Mm. So men aren't allowed to cry now if we're going through some difficulty? Like you said, if we don't, then what's going to happen down the line? It's going to be very difficult for us to contain um, those emotions. So I don't know if this is just something in the West uh, or since you're in Zimbabwe on another side, is this quite a common thing that people say to men, especially, you know, don't don't cry, don't show your emotions. Have you, have you come across this? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's important that you raised it as well because people globally expect men to be more masculine to the point where you won't cry at all ever. Mm. And yet you have the best of creation, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, crying. So, so why not? Uh, of course, you must cry. And he's telling you that it's rahmah uh, for a person to cry. You should be able to uh, show your emotions and uh, vent, etc. You know, uh, let off that steam, basically. Because if you don't, then where is it going to go? And uh, unfortunately, these crazy standards that people have of men uh, should actually be debunked and people should be more, talking more about this way. Men should be allowed to show emotion. Men should be allowed to cry at times. Uh, it's fine. It's okay. It's not a problem. In fact, it can be healthy and, and, and good for you as well. So absolutely, I feel that it's a global phenomenon. People, people just look yeah. up to men thinking that they should just be you know, uh, strong all the time. And yeah, you know, part yeah. of strength is having the ability to show uh, your emotion at times. And clearly, that's from the example of Rasulullah So. We really need to know. Uh, yes, of course, a person who's always crying would be, you know, that that's an issue you've got to deal with. Perhaps they're uh, depressed, they've got some problems, uh, etc., or emotional, mental, uh, you know, health issues, etc. That that that's another issue altogether. But we're talking about normal people that are uh, completely healthy and fine. And you know, people just expect men never to show emotion at all. And I think that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Yes. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's, it's it's an interesting one. That it's just like it is. It is a global thing. It is uh, something that it, that everyone just kind of expects. Uh, it reminds me of you know how uh, I think it, it was Aisha Radlanha who um you know about her own father Abu Bakr Radlan said you know when the Prophet wanted him to lead this salah she said no I you know my father he's a bit sensitive like every time he starts reciting Quran he starts crying and. You know, uh, perhaps the people may find it difficult to pray salah behind him because he's going to end up getting emotional. Of course, I, I think that emotion now that we're talking about is is a bit different, you know, um, because it's more that spiritual connection. He's not crying because of some difficulty. He's crying because he's reciting from the Quran and he's uh, reflecting on it, um, which I think is a is maybe a different uh, discussion in and of itself. You know, um, crying out of like khushur, if you want to call it you know, that awe that you have and um, that connection that you have. I think that is that is different. But it just reminds me of that, how Aisha, she, you know, she said, maybe maybe choose someone like Omar, who's a bit more, you know, he's a bit more what, what we would say today. You know, he's like masculine in that sense. But even Omar, we know, Sheikh, I'm sure, I'm sure you would agree. Like, he wasn't what we think. He was always Mr. Tough Guy who never showed any emotions. Like, um, when he became even uh, Amirul Mu'mineen, he was crying. He was afraid. You know, he was uh, humble. Uh, I think we have this, uh, again, this idea that people like Omar were always, you know, standing strong and, you know, always very tough and rough about things. And, and they never showed emotion. I think, I think this is perhaps even as Muslims where this idea comes from, you know, always be a man and never, never be like anything else. But we forget those other companions who had uh, different temperaments, different uh, you know, characteristics, um, uh, different, uh, uh, you know, uh, personalities even. Uh, I think uh, that's that's something that many of us ignore. Um, so now I'm glad we've we've spoken about those points. I think that's very important. Um, since we're coming to the end, Sheikh, let's come back to 
our discussion again on the fact that you know we're coming again to the, to the end of a year it's been difficult and only allah knows how long uh this will now last for this global pandemic you know there's talks about vaccines and so on that's another discussion in and of itself you know what's going to happen with these vaccines and everything else um uh, you know you've got lockdown here in the uk you know other places people are people are struggling um how can we how can we as muslims look forward how can we look beyond um what can we do to keep our optimism going uh keep our faith strong at a time where even spiritually it may be difficult you know uh, uh, like we, we know we had ramadan that was very different this year um you know maybe that affected us so more spiritually we've talked we've spoken about emotionally and so on uh, how can we keep our optimism strong our faith strong in these in these turbulent times yes, uh, subhanallah such a, such an important uh, you know question i think you know imagining yourself as a soldier literally for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're there dealing through these problems and going through hurdle after hurdle for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and remembering that he's the one who created you, he fashioned you, he made you, he basically gave you all your faculties. So knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahim, is Rahman and Rahim, and he's put you in this situation, he's going to take you out of it. You've got to understand that this is part of the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you because they will come a day where you look back at these problems and say, subhanAllah, you know, I, I earned all of this reward and all of this goodness, Jannah and everything that it contains because I went through these problems that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put me through. So focusing on that and thinking of yourself as a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's literally there uh, to go through any difficulties and hardships, hurdles that he puts in your life uh, will actually help you get through that pro problem. And this is why, you know, we go back to that ayah that Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say that? Uh, will the people be left thinking uh, to, to say that we believe and they will not be tested? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talk about belief? Because this is where your belief comes into question right here, right now. Are you going to give up on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are you going to say that I've never seen uh, better days? Or are you going to focus on the fact that he's your master and he will guide you and, and uh, deliver you from these problems, these calamities? You will see better days. Remember the hadith of uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where, you know, from uh, the, the hadith Qudsi from Rasulullah sallallahu he speaks from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I'm with my servant in the way that he thinks of me. So think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a positive light despite the difficulties that you're going through. And as you come out of that, uh, you know, test, you realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always been there for you. Uh, even though you may have actually begun to doubt at some point that, you know, how long is this going to last? I mean, it, it was uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says elsewhere in the Quran, you know, even the, the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the people who believed with him would be questioning when is the decree, the, the, the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to come? So they also would be tested to the end of their te tether. But then right at the end, you find this amazing light that just dawns upon you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you out into open and subhanAllah, it's, it's all uh, easy and good once again. And I think it's of importance right now to mention that as the vaccine is being found and people are now uh, re resuming their lives as usual in certain parts of the world, uh, you know, slowly as people get vaccinated, etc. Uh, regardless of whether you want to be vaccinated or not, I'm not. I'm not getting into that yeah. discussion. But uh, Subhanallah, I think as people see more positivity, we need to remember not to forget Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because that's when it's most likely that you will forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's now, there's a lot of ease. Your life is going back to what it was like. Are you still going to perform your salah? Are you still going to make dua like you did during that pandemic, during that problem? Uh, or are you going to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, completely? So I think that's where it's important to then thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having delivered you 
and uh, again just keep uh, remembering him asking him for dua uh, asking him through dua uh, etc yeah that's that's such an amazing point i think um a lot of us forget isn't it as soon as as soon as we come out of it it's like okay we, we must be safe uh, that's you know and i think this is a mistake that uh, is even highlighted in the quran you know a lot of people they did this you know they they come out from difficulty and then that's it they they you know throughout we're saying god god please help me and then as soon as we're out it's it's finished so i think that's that's a really good point to end on actually that regardless of um whether we're going through a difficult time right now or whether you know allah decides to take us out from that moment of difficulty i think the the consistency of a believer is that that's the beauty we always remember allah regardless um because either way you know allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <clears throat> he intends good for us and he has decreed good uh, for us so there's always i think it's a win-win uh, for a believer at the end of the day alhamdulillah so no i think uh, there's there's so much that we've that we've covered in in this short space of time um talking about you know anger management and you know social media etiquette and you know coming from uh, out of difficulty i think there's a lot of uh, and patience sabr as well of course there's a lot of things that we've touched on which of course in and of themselves there's much more that we can discuss but i think for the for the sake of the 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 episode i think inshallah there's a lot of benefit for the people listening um so sheikh when uh, the, the important question is when are you when are you coming inshallah to the uk next because you've you've been quite frequently in the past so when can we expect to see you here soon inshallah i don't know to be honest <laughs> <with you. laughs> so, yeah. Allah, the main reason why i have visited is because uh, i've got family there as well as uh, at the same time you know to do lectures etc give talks uh, yeah that type of thing <laughs> right now there's absolutely no scope for that uh, in in yeah. person so i think we'll just keep going uh, live inshallah in the meantime <laughs> and then <laughs> see what inshallah. happens yeah inshallah yeah no, it's okay i wasn't expecting any definitive answer but uh, it's more it's more of an open invitation inshallah next time you're here let us know uh, you're more than welcome in the studio as well it'll be nice to to catch up properly inshallah instead of over over the call so that would be nice inshallah taala inshallah yeah. inshallah and uh, i must thank you as well uh, it's i i do follow him feed from time to time i i see it pops up on my feed I'm sure I I follow it on Instagram as well and subhanallah you guys are doing an amazing job uh, absolutely amazing job may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us all I mean I mean jazakallah khair uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Mank for for joining us all the way from Zimbabwe uh, today it's been a pleasure having you on I've really enjoyed our conversation I've personally learned a lot um, and hopefully also the same for our viewers and listeners of Ilmfeed uh, do check out uh Sheikh Ibrahim uh on on uh social media he's on social media um on Instagram and everything else inshallah keep up to date with his work don't forget to subscribe uh to our channel uh keep out uh, keep an eye out for inshallah um the upcoming episodes that we have planned hopefully um to to keep putting the podcast content out there with more and more guests inshallah um like Sheikh Ibrahim that we had today amazing um uh, the uh, amazing things that we've learned from him so jazakum khair to all of you for listening inshallah take care of yourselves from myself shabir from sheikh ibrahim we bid you farewell for for now and uh, we'll see you again another time take care wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam